welcome to episode three of my podcast, Solo or Not, Here I Come. I'm so glad you're joining me again today. And as I promised last week, today I would love to start talking about the countries that I traveled to over the last 15 years and the influence it's had on my perspective of travel. As I've already mentioned, I started my whole traveling journey when I moved to South Korea. Um, It was unexpected. It was not in my plans. I never wanted to do it, but it changed my life. Moving to South Korea was one of the most life-changing experiences of my entire life, and I don't regret it for a second. And though it was something that I wasn't planning at the time, I wanted to go to medical school, uh, but I couldn't pay for it. Uh, This detour really showed me that it's okay to have detours in life because sometimes detours will set you up for your breakthrough. So while I was in South Korea, of course, I was teaching English. I was doing something completely outside of my realm, outside of my comfort zone, and I was getting used to Korea. Um, Of course, I wanted to start traveling throughout Asia. And at first, I, you know, I wanted to look at different countries throughout Asia. I've talked to other teachers that's already traveled to different countries in Asia, including China and Thailand and Japan. So basically, I decided, well, I would like to go to China first because the tickets were very cheap and I've already been in Korea for four months. So I wanted to introduce my first travel partner, official travel partner, and I'll call her BJ. I met her in my school at the time, and she is a hoot. She is absolutely hilarious. She's originally from Bermuda, and she's actually retired. So yeah, she was about three times my senior, and my supervisor at the school told me to basically show her around, um, and I'll explain to her the, the ins and outs of teaching um, in South Korea and living in South Korea. And I remember the first night that I went up to greet her, you know, I expected to be there for 10 minutes. I think I stayed, ended up staying for over three hours. We were just laughing. She was hilarious. She's great. And um, basically, uh, I gave her the, you know, the tour of the, the city and the students how to teach um, teach them and you know the best tips and tricks to get through her time here but as we started talking we realized that we had such a great connection and of course we started to talk about you know traveling outside of korea her time in korea was going also going to be short um, about six months so she wanted to do some traveling while she was in this side of the world of course naturally she's also a big traveler she's done so much in her life i'm so incredibly amazed by this woman so we decided okay well we'll travel to china and i have my eyes set on shanghai um so shanghai is a major 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 city in china um skyscrapers business centers kind of like the new york of china and so i decided we will do that and since i've never you know planned a travel trip before we decided we'll use a travel agent. And so we, you know, con- contacted a travel agent uh, locally and we planned the entire thing. We paid um, for the trip ahead of time and we were super excited about it. Well, just a few days before <laughs> our trip, a- another person through the travel agency called us, basically told us 
Uh, yeah, the travel agent you used ran away with your money. I'm like, I'm, so, I'm sorry, what? They're like, yeah, they ran away with your money. And of course, they didn't say this in perfect English like this. They're like, you know, Conglish or Korean mixed with English, broken English. I had to ask her to repeat what she said five times. And I'm like, this, this can't be happening. What do you mean they ran away with our money? Sorry, sorry, sorry. They kept saying, sorry, sorry, sorry. And there was nothing they could do. And that's, that's it. My very first time attempting to travel on my own in Asia, the travel agency scammed us. <laughs> and so needless to say, I definitely cried <laughs> and I was definitely distraught. And I believe it was around Christmas or December um, that was supposed to be a trip. And so we had to cancel that, obviously. And I decided at the time I was living in a city three hours or so from Seoul. It was in Gwangju. And therefore, we decided just to travel to Seoul for our mini vacation instead and tour Seoul some more. So we were very distraught. So the next, our next break, which was two months later, um, we decided we will do this on our own. We'll no longer do, go to Shanghai. I guess it was not meant to be, but we still wanted to travel. So we'll go to Beijing. And I believe the prices were right. And we decided we won't use a travel agent this time. We'll just buy our plane ticket and we'll do everything else on our own. And so we bought our plane ticket to Beijing and we basically arrived and we booked our own hotels. And when we first arrived to Beijing that very first night, we got to our hotel. It was very traditional. It was beautiful. Um, it was very clean. And then we went out to get something to eat. And that very first night, we were enthralled with all of the lights, the sounds, the smells. Everything was just so overwhelming. And we went to a night market. And the night market uh, had really interesting uh, food <laughs> there. We just wanted some regular Chinese food. But the very first stall that, you know, tried to sell us something was um, this kind of fruit, glazed fruit, like sugary glazed fruit on the sticks. And then we went to the next stall. The next stall was a snake kebab, essentially. Snakes on the sticks being grilled. Um, the next stall was a crunchy starfish. Yes, crunchy starfish. And the stall after that was very meaty millipedes. So pretty much every stall was a variety of different insects that normally you would swat or call pest control on. But, you know, in China... Uh, it was char-grilled and, you know, people ate it. And so we kind of said no to that. And we ended up finding some regular Chinese fried rice or something and actually some Peking duck, um, which is a local dish. And that was very delicious. And, you know, I'm proud to say that my stomach did not pay for it later. Uh, so the next day, that, that night was just, you know, a crazy night. We ate, we went to bed. Uh, we only had a few days in Beijing. Um, so the very next day, we started out very early and we decided, well, you know, we don't have any tourist plans as we would have in Shanghai, but, you know, let's do this on our own. So we saw a store or a bike rental place selling or renting bikes rather. And, you know, we asked how much will it be to rent for half a day or the entire day, I believe. And it was like the equivalent of two US dollars. We were like, wow. And even then we knew that it was best to haggle the price. So yes, we haggled two US dollars. So we rented our bikes. Mine didn't have the awesome cushion that I wished, but we we're trying to save as much money as possible. And 
we were set to basically ride our bikes to the different sites, um, famous sites in Beijing. Now, I have to pause and bas basically give a sidebar here. Riding a bike. So something very simple that most people in the world know how to do. And yes, I also knew how to do so when I was younger and I lived in Haiti and we had a bicycle. And if you recall, my family is very, very overprotective, strict. And so we only could ride our bikes in Haiti in our backyard. And thankfully, we did have a paved backyard that was big enough for us to basically learn how to ride our bikes and ride our bikes. And we did that. My sister and I would ride. We would do all kinds of tricks. Um, and it was great. But when we moved to the United States, uh, we did not have a backyard. We lived in an apartment in Boston. And so my mom did not replace the bikes that we left in Haiti. <laughs> and essentially, year after year after year, we just basically uh, never replaced those bikes. And so I haven't ridden a bike in years. And the last time I rode a bike before Beijing was in graduate school. I was 22 years old. So from eight years old-ish, seven, eight years old to 22 years old, I haven't ridden a bike. And I rode a bike at 22 years old in Florida on a trail in the Everglades that my friend invited me to. And I said, sure, I'll go. Um, but I haven't ridden a bike in about 15 years. I, I don't know if I'll remember. And she's like, oh no, you never forget. So in the middle of that trail, very hot, very humid, I got back, I got on a bike after 15 years of not riding a bike and I fell. I got on a bike again. I tried to balance myself. I fell. I fell again and then I fell again and then I fell again. My friends, I just told them just to please just go along because I, I really want to know, but I'm, I have to reteach myself how to ride a bike basically as an adult. Anyways, um, so you know, after trying to figure out how to do this and I'm seeing alligators crossing the paths ahead of me, people watching me like, what is she doing? <laughs> you know, after about 40 minutes or so, when right when I was about to give up and I was just gonna walk my bike all throughout the trail, I decided to try one more time. I wasn't so desperate to get on or to balance myself. I just kind of let things go and I was flying. Finally balanced myself and I could not stop. I ended up catching up with my friends. I couldn't stop, so I passed them. And it was the most exhilarating experience in my life. So that was that in 22. And then three years or four years later, I'm in Beijing in the middle of traffic and, and smog and cars and trucks and pedestrians. Again, riding a bike for the third time or second time rather in since childhood. So that's that's where I am, basically. Um, and the bike, obviously, is old. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles of a very safe, safe bike. So, but, you know, that's, that's how life is. And definitely BJ was very down to do so as well. She's very good at riding bikes. So we're here in the middle of Beijing and riding our bikes. And we rode to, the first place we rode to was Summer Palace. Um, that was really great, um, very open, um, there was a museum, and we also went to Tiananmen Square, and then the Forbidden City, and we just rode our bikes, and I'm pretty sure, in fact, I do remember that there were several almost, where I almost hit a car, or a car almost hit me, or a truck, or a pedestrian, it was just crazy, so I'm just so glad that I made it out alive. <laughs> Um, out of that situation um, and we also did a tour where we went into the local homes and the local the less touristic areas um, you know 
of Beijing and that was really interesting as well. We went to a tower, we climbed many steps. It was just a crazy day. So we finally called that day, um, you know, we called it a night at the end of this, just such a crazy day. My butt was hurting from riding this bike with no cushion. Um, so the next day was the big day for us because we really, this, this is really the day that we were going to do, at least I was going to do my very first world wonder. And that was the Great Wall of China. And no, we did not ride a bike to the Great Wall of China. Uh, we arranged a tour or bus to get there. And when I arrived, I was at a loss for words, like absolutely freaking amazing. I mean, this structure is about 21,000 kilometers long and it can be seen from outer space. And we're about to climb those steps. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. And so um, we started climbing the steps, of course, and I immediately noticed that it was so smoggy, like you couldn't even see beyond a few kilometers um, away you know it was just it was just a lot of smog that day um but it was still fantastic there were a lot of people in this on on the great wall but our tour guide told us no that's actually pretty empty it's usually much much more crowded it was actually exactly one year ago this time of year that i was in china 12 years ago um so it's, it's crazy so it was right after lunar new year and so there was not as many tourists so we did notice a lot of tourists, obviously, you know, taking pictures of the Great Wall. But then I started noticing something. I started noticing tourists looking at me and BJ, you know, a little bit. BJ's also uh, black. Um, and I noticed that they were looking at both of us like, oh, you know, who are these people? And I'm like, OK, I mean, I, I'm used to being stared at in Korea, but you know, this is you're on the Great Wall of China, like you're in a world wonder. Pay attention to this tourist attraction. But yeah, they did. But then they just kept turning and they kept like being so amazed at us. And a few times, a few of them have actually asked us to take a picture or me actually to take a picture with me. And I'm like, OK, I mean, <laughs> sure, that's that was the one thing that was very different than Korea. Korea, they would stare, they would stare, they would stare, they would gawk. They would, you know, do all the staring contests you can think of. But in China, they went a step further and asked for a picture. And I don't think I ever said no to the thousands of times I've been asked for a picture in my years of traveling throughout Asia. And so I'm pretty sure I'm on the mantle of many family photographs <laughs> throughout Asia. So, yeah. So, yeah, basically a lot of tourists stopped and asked for a picture with me. Um, sometimes I try to take a picture with them as well, just so I can remember this moment because no one would believe that, you know, I'm in the middle of a tourist attraction and I'm the tourist attraction. And so there's been a couple, there were a couple of them that did try to sneak a picture of me and I did not like that. I'm not a zoo animal. <laughs> I'm a human being. So that was very interesting. Um, so we just went from tower to tower. The stairs were pretty uneven. It was an arduous um, climb because the stairs were uneven, some were super you know, tall, some were shorter. So you really had to pay attention or you trip. Um, I was surprised there were babies with parents and you know, climbing the stairs, but it was obviously an amazing once in a lifetime experience. Um, and you know, when we, I think we climbed about 500 steps um, and then we went back down, my legs felt like spaghetti, uh, but I'll never forget my experience climbing the Great Wall and being the tourist attraction in the middle of a tourist attraction.
So on our second to last day, we, you know, decided to go to the main thing of shopping in in Beijing and it's called Silk Market or Paul Street or Silk Street. Um, it's very popular. It's uh, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of retailers selling all kinds of knickknacks and trinkets. But the main thing that people come for, especially around the world, is the silk. And uh, we actually went to see how the silk was made with silkworms. And uh, they demonstrated that for us. And it's absolutely fantastic. BJ um, had was able to get a, an actual custom dress made. I ran out of money. Um, but she made, she got a custom dress made out of silk and it was obviously a much bigger bargain than buying it abroad. And so when we went to the market, we were overwhelmed by all the sights and the smells and people selling all kinds of things in that market, you know, like all kinds of things, anything you can think of, they were selling it there. The only thing is you have to know to do whenever you shop abroad is to bargain. Bargaining is a must especially at the silk market where things are sold almost 200% over the market value. But of course they'll say, oh, good price, good price, good quality, good quality. But you have to realize a lot of things that they sell are knockoffs, so you have to stand your ground. And so you have to know how to play the bargaining game. And so we bargained, we bargained, we bargained. And at the end, they're like, oh lady, you too good. If you continue to bargain like this, we lose money basically. But after a while, it was a little bit overwhelming because the stalls were very close together. The hallways were pretty, you know, narrow and they were, you know, they were hungry for the, you know, for the American dollar. I hate to say this, but they just kept yelling at myself and, and BJ. Hey lady, hey lady, you want a pant, skirt, kimono? Some were even yelling, lady, you're so beautiful. Discount for you. Lady, Beyonce, discount. Hey, lady, where are you from? That was the most common. Hey, lady, where are you from? So, of course, they want to know where you're from to decide how much they'll sell you their products. Um, then it got really ridiculous. I mean, some of them were grabbing my shirt, my pants. Yeah, you know, it was just like it was too much. I started to feel dizzy. And I, at one point, I believe I even ran through the corridor just to get away from them. But in the end, I did buy a skirt that I, again, bargained pretty good. Um, I think I paid like less than 50% of the asking price or, or even like 20% of the asking price, if I remember. And then I bought a suitcase that I desperately needed um, just to stash all my wares of the day. Um, but I was like, this this is crazy. I'm never going to go back to this. This is too much. It's overwhelming. I don't like this at all. Um, but it was definitely quite the experience. We've only spent like three or four days in Beijing, but we did as much as we could in that time period. Like I said, from riding a bike through the dangerous streets to going to the famous sites, um, and then going to the Great Wall and being the tourist attraction. And then of course, shopping, 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 shopping. Um, it was, it's an amazing city, it's a lot of pollution, um, but the people are extremely kind. And I realized that we literally spent the amount that we spent in this four day trip to Beijing was basically the amount that you would pay for a local flight within the US. I'm like, this is insane. Like, how am I traveling to China in, on pennies, essentially? And so that that trip really, really ingrained and changed my perspective on travel, that it does not have to cost an arm and a leg. We did things pretty basic. We, you know, we stayed in a basic hotel, but we was clean. We had a great time. 
And I realized that doing things cheaply or doing local things actually increases the uh, satisfaction because you're more in tune with the local life, the culture, the food and everything like that. It was great. BJ and I had an, an amazing time. And so that was our trip to Beijing, my very first trip outside of Korea, living in Asia. Um, and I'm so excited. I was so excited that I was like, okay, when is the next vacation? I cannot wait. So I will definitely talk to you next week about our next, my next vacation. And it was another Asian country. It was Southeast Asia this time. Uh, and I cannot wait for you to hear our crazy adventures. It was a longer trip. Um, with my other travel partner, which I will introduce you to. So again, um, my challenge to you is basically that there are a lot of mind mindsets regarding travel internationally, especially. Um, a lot of times people think it's too expensive. There's no way we can do this or you have to you have to stay in a five star hotel. But I beg to differ. I think that the best experiences are the local experiences and there are a lot of travel hacks and ways to basically travel cheaply. Um, my biggest travel hack, I guess, for me has been live in a country, a, a different country in the world and travel within that continent um, as much as you can. Find an excuse, any excuse to live abroad and then travel within the continent. I've done that three times so far. So you'll definitely hear more of that. And so my, my challenge is solo or not, just go. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And actually this episode, I will be out of town. I'll be abroad. So I will be recording this episode uh, while I'm out of town. And so I cannot wait for you to hear, be more of a bonus episode um, about my experiences as I'm still traveling, especially during the COVID epidemic. So thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait for you to, for you to hear more of my stories. And I want you to hit the subscribe button. And solo or not, just go.